Welcome to Therapist in Your Pocket, the podcast that's here to wrap you in warmth and sprinkle some sunshine into your life. I'm your host, Lucy Ellis. I've been a therapist for 15 years, so I've got some things to say. (laughs) I am so thrilled to have you here with me. I'm passionate about creating a safe space for open and honest conversations where we get to explore the depths of the human mind and heart and pretty well anything that you would be discussing in a therapist's room. My mission is to enliven, inspire and enrich your life by helping you discover your inner strength and worth and uniqueness and special source. I want you to know though that Therapist in Your Pocket is not a replacement for professional therapy. The insights and the advice shared here are meant to support and inspire, not to diagnose or replace individualized care. Your well-being is a personal journey and self-responsibility is key. What we discuss may not be 100% applicable to your unique circumstances. So let's embark on this transformative journey together. With an open heart and a spirit of exploration, you are in great hands. I'm here to guide you with a bucket load of warmth and understanding. So let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode two. Thank you so much for all of the people that took the time to give me a little message after my very first debut podcast. I absolutely loved receiving those messages. You have no idea what that's done for the joy that I have to now continue to create. So if we're talking human design talk, which I'm going to be talking a lot about on this podcast, I'm an emotional generator. So I'm here to respond. And when I get these beautiful messages, it gives me energy to create more um, amazing things for you guys. So oh, it, it it literally is my oxygen. So don't stop them coming. If you enjoy an episode, make sure you send me a message and let me know or leave a review um, on wherever you listen to your podcasts, which, you know, supports me. I see them all. And it supports the podcast as well. Today, today is exciting. Uh, Well, I think you're going to love the title of today. Well, of course, you've probably already seen it. But it's, what if I don't have time to feel my emotions? And I get this question a lot, actually. Because we all know that giving ourselves time to feel the emotions is what we need to process them. We've been told that we need to feel it, to heal it, 
Maybe you've heard that one. You got to feel it to heal it. And this is true. This is 100% true and correct. And it's exactly what we make time for in therapy sessions. You know, you block out an hour in your calendar and then you give yourself that space to show up and the therapist draws it out of you and allow and like healing balm just wraps it up for you and gives it a a place to sit and some spaciousness to to breathe into and allow a process to happen um but what happens outside of therapy sessions you know life gets in the way and the emotions come Emotions are sporadic. They don't come on a schedule. <laughs> they don't show up when you want them to. They, they are not thoughtful <laughs> about your calendar. They come when they are ignited or when they are fueled or when they're set off in some way. And sometimes these emotions can be so forceful that you can't help but feel them. And they can be really inconvenient, can't they? Sometimes... Emotions are like when you're getting toddlers ready to leave the house for an appointment and then a toddler has a tantrum just before getting them into the car. Oh, (laughs) of all the times to have an emotion, you choose now. And so these emotions come and they're here and some of them are so big that you can't help but feel them but I've got to go to an appointment or I've got to go to work or my child needs something from me or I'm hosting something um, and I can't be crying now. I can't be processing my emotion now. I can't be sitting with my emotion now. I can't be feeling anything now but what I should be doing because we're in a doing world So we wipe our tears away, we splash some water on our face, we pop a little bit of lippy on and we walk out and we slay the day. But the question is, where do these emotions go though? We know that they're still within us because we can still feel them rumbling away when we're trying so very hard to be somewhere else, to be present with something else that we're doing. We know that they're there. We can feel them still. Sometimes we're really good at being able to decompartmentalise and move into a completely different state and that feels good for a moment until the emotion comes back a bit. But because I've stopped the flow, I've stopped the flow and the wave of this emotion, what is actually happening with the emotion within my body? And we know that this is called suppressing the emotions. 
And I want to let you know, I know you've heard we shouldn't suppress our emotions, suppressing our emotions are bad and yeah, they have consequences certainly, but I also want you to know that we're all doing it. I'm doing it. If I'm having an emotion and I've got a client that I'm going to see, then I have to get myself into another state to be present with the client. Everybody has to, everybody, because we're in a world where we almost, you know, a societal norm is almost like we can't bring our whole selves. There, there is an expectation around how we're going to show up. Um, so you're not alone and you're not broken and you're not doing anything wrong. You're, you're actually surviving in this world. And so let's just start there. But we also need to go, okay, what are some of the consequences of suppressing our emotions? So one of the things that we can do when we're suppressing our emotions is to dump them elsewhere or onto somebody else. So if we're not careful and we're not mindful about our suppressing, uh, we can be carrying this and then we could take it out on the kids. We could get some road rage. We could be rude to somebody. If we keep suppressing our emotions, then they get buried in our subconscious. And when they get buried in our subconscious and they're just compounding in there, then that has a significant result on our mood swings or just an unexplained sadness, depression. And then when we go to face uh, a problem, so we've got all of these compounded suppressed emotions within us, we're faced with a problem that might spark something else and we won't just feel bad because of the problem at hand but also because of the suppressed emotions that we're holding on to. So therefore the intensity of our bad emotions will be way more than perhaps other people who face similar problems. So it, you bring out all of these unresolved emotions onto this one problem. Um, what else can happen when we suppress our emotions? Uh, when we bottle them up as well, it's important to note that the, the potency of the emotion intensifies over time. So the longer we keep it within, it intensifies. And then we can get really resentful, angry, aggressive, blamey. And so another way that suppressed emotions can try and find their way out of you, though, is through your dreams. Through dreams or nightmares. If you're trying to 
hide an emotion in your waking life, it might come out and be expressed in your dreams. Our dreams are this magnificent healing portal for us. And our beautiful dreams will try and help you process this or help you come to some type of resolve in your dreams. And then, of course, if there's nightmares, it kind of gets stuck there. And it's really trying to show you, hey, hey, look at this dream. Hey, I need your attention. We need your attention over here. And then you can get reoccurring nightmares or dreams. And so we know that continual suppression um, leads us just with, a, you know, like a host of negative emotions, um, which leads to depression and low self-esteem because emotion, these negative emotions um, generally will come with a narrative that just chips away at our self-confidence and our self-belief and our self-esteem. And then, of course, it can go to physical illness because our emotions um, are connected to our nervous system and our immune system. And so it creates a vulnerable immune system and we have risk factors for death and cancer or illnesses. Uh, and if you want to read a little bit more about this, the, uh, I highly recommend Dr. Gabor Mate's book, When the Body Says No. There's case studies after case studies after case studies of how, you know, these suppressed emotions, you know, when we just keep on showing up, um, the body eventually breaks down and says, nope, we can't do this anymore. So they're the consequences of suppression and that's why you, we hear all the time, you know, it's not, it's not good to suppress your emotions. But what can we do when we don't have time to process our emotions? And this is a real issue, isn't it? It's a real problem. Well, I'm here to hopefully shed some light on this for you and give you some good practical ways to help you when you don't have time to process your emotions. The first one being that we need to learn to acknowledge what we're going through and acknowledge our emotions and acknowledge what we're feeling. So find a name for the feeling and drop under the first feeling. So you might be, I'm so angry with that person. And then I go, okay, but what's underneath the anger? What's underneath, what's fueling that anger? And there will be a more vulnerable part because the anger, remember, is just a bodyguard for the sadness, for the feeling of being left alone or 
unsupported or just a really vulnerable part of you. So give yourself some space. It's right there. It doesn't need, you know, you don't need a huge amount of time to do this, to really understand what is it that I am feeling. This is can be so important and helpful to give the feeling a name and give space to this feeling to go what's underneath it. So you're not giving yourself a hard time for feeling this, of course, that's very important. You're allowing it in this little moment, in this little time and just being aware of the, the underlying, the, the root feeling underneath it. And then you can think about what are the, some of the thoughts that you're telling yourself around this because the stories always create a heightened wave of emotion as well. And just be with it. doesn't take long. Just until you can understand what it is. See it, feel it, and acknowledge it. Just giving it a little bit of space within you. Name it and know what's going on for you. And I want to let you know that you do get better at this over time. And, you know, if you, if, if you are brand new to allowing yourself to feel emotion, then it might take a little bit of time. But just, you know, you can do this as quick as going to the toilet, having a, a break somewhere, driving in the car. You can tune in and know, name it, acknowledge it and feel it. And then if you have to, you know, show up somewhere, then at least I've given myself some space. I know what's going on for me. It's not, I'm not reacting I'm not just, nope, I can't think about that anymore and really not understanding and knowing what's going on for us. And then, so that's the first thing. The second thing, which will also make the first point easier to do for yourself, is we have to become the adult of our emotions or the parent even of our emotions or the, the carer of our emotions and learn how to hold ourself in an emotion. So all emotions that we feel are coming from the limbic brain, which is the childlike brain. So the limbic brain uh, starts to develop in utero but finishes, is fully developed by the time we're eight. So when we're having an emotion, we are activating this area of our brain. So we're in a childlike state. It's an inner child response to a situation. So we give her space and time and love and 
in order for us not to be flooded with all of this emotion, we bring in our adult. We bring in our wise, nurturing part of us to hold these emotions. And if we are not doing this, then what happens is the child will take over, the emotion will take over, it take completely flood our executive functioning, floods our system, and you know that feeling, um, or have you maybe said this to yourself before or somebody, I feel like if I start crying, I won't be able to stop. So that is an indication that your adult is not holding the child in her process. So being first in your adult and then giving space to the child. So it's like we've got two parts of us that are um, in play here and we can oscillate between the two. But also even if we, be- even if we feel into our feelings, the adult part of us is there holding us, supporting us. And straight away, we can feel less big. The emotion feels less out of control because we're being supported. And who has your back? You have your back. This is a key principle to being able to work with your emotions and hold them Um, because then the emotion has a safe place to be and it's being seen. It's being seen by you. If we just put a lid on it, put a mask on and carry on regardless, then that emotion intensifies because she's not being seen, she's not being acknowledged. So the... In step one, we acknowledged her. So straight away, it's going to diffuse a little bit. You know, may, not a lot, but it, but it, this is what we have to do in those little <laughs> moments of time that we have with ourselves. And the second thing is to be the adult and to hold her and love her in whatever that process is. And possibly another way that the emotions get suppressed because it doesn't feel safe to be expressed because there's no one supporting it, which I just spoke about. So we have to be the caretaker of our own emotions. The adult, the parent, the nurturer, whatever you want to call her. And you allow her to, you allow the inner child to be there and you just love her and care for her. And then, so you've acknowledged it, you've held space for her and then you're going to tell yourself or tell the vulnerable part of you that you love her and that, and, and it, uh, validate the emotion. This is shit. Yeah, yeah, this is 
hard. This is hard. And that helps to diffuse it just a little bit. And then you can put the lippy on and go about your day. (laughs) If you find these kind of first one, two, three points um, difficult for you to do, it might be because you might be new to being able to Put all the where do I put all these emotions, you know? And therapy very much helps you to strengthen the caretaker, wise adult part of you that can hold all these emotions for you. So you don't feel so flooded. Um, so I consider I would consider if I were you, if you acknowledge this, that it's uh, too difficult for you to do on your own to see someone to help you process some of the backlog you know how we spoke about the suppression over time becomes really intense and it's too much Um, and there might be some inner child work that needs to happen because the inner child may not trust you because you have um, kind of left her with all her emotions um, and made her feel bad for having these emotions and so through therapy you can do some of this inner child work and you can strengthen the muscles of the adult part of you to be able to hold yourself in these emotions um, and work with the backlog (laughs) that's there Um, and that will support you to um, get, get some of this Uh, these emotions out and processed um, so you can, yeah, you can be better equipped to deal with what's in front of you and what's coming up now. Um, So that's the first three tips. And what I'll do actually is if you want to speak to somebody, I'll put a link into my booking system and you can always book in with me. And the fourth thing that I want to talk about with regards to being able to, in those small little moments, um, process or be with our emotions, and that is to, we need to debunk the old facade that we hide our emotions from people. So we, like I mentioned earlier, we don't bring our whole selves to work. Like even though we are a whole, (laughs) um, there is this notion that we have to kind of leave that at home. Um, And I just cringe every time I hear I've got to leave that at home or I'll leave that at work, I leave work at work. Because we are a whole person, so we don't want to be cutting ourselves off from, uh, you know, being able to go anywhere. We want to go whole. Like, what's wrong with you? What's, you know, it's a sense of there's something wrong with me if I bring that with me. But there's nothing wrong with you. If you're having an emotion, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. So, so we've 
stop being vulnerable. And there's so many reasons why people are not showing their vulnerability or not allowing the whole of them to come because we can still go to work, for example, feeling drained and upset about something that's happening at work at home and still be able to do our work like that's that's fine to do you know what's going to make it even better is that if you allow this vulnerable part of you to come with you to work and you get to express it in some way without it having to flood you because remember you've got your adult part holding it and also without um, you trauma dumping on people, you know, just offloading about what's happened at home and what you go, you know, um, you don't have to do that either. So I think we also, there's a, there's definitely when we're, when we're suppressing our emotions, we can do a lot of trauma dumping um, onto people um, that may not be ready for it. That's not vulnerability. Vulnerability is sharing how you're feeling, really how you're feeling, not accounting what happened or the what he said, she said, they said, but how you're feeling. I'm feeling defeated, I'm feeling lost, I'm unsure, I'm confused, I'm so confused. And that's being vulnerable. You don't need to go into the details. So why vulnerability has been painted as this um, hard thing and and it is hard because we're allowing people to see us for who we are, but it's also um, people feel I'm going to just debunk a couple of things about vulnerability real quick. Well, hopefully it's real quick. Um, one of the things that people don't like showing vulnerability is because they think that it um, shows weakness. Um, so showing your true emotions is being weak, okay, and I'm pretty sure you know how I feel about that one. (laughs) Actually, I think it's so courageous to be able to speak about how you're really feeling. And do you know what? When you practice vulnerability, it feels so freeing. You're not, it's not I am telling you this because I want you to solve all my problems and I can't do life. It's not what it is. It's backing yourself. It's actually supporting yourself. So the adult part is saying, you know what? This is what we've got going on inside here. And it's hard. And I can still, you know, like I don't need your pity But it's being human to human because everybody feels that from time to time. It's the opposite of weak. 
And when you do it, you feel that. So people, another reason people don't um, show their vulnerability is they avoid, to avoid getting hurt. So they do it to maybe avoid a conflict as well in a relationship. But if we think about avoid getting hurt, so that might be that I, and, and, and what this means is that the expectation for somebody to help me is on the other person and I don't have my own back. So if I be vulnerable, I'm so focused on how the other person is going to respond to my vulnerability that is that is it's going to hurt me if they don't treat me in a way that I want to be treated or they don't take my vulnerability and do something with it that's going to help me feel better. And that's a really warped way of looking at it too. Because when you're vulnerable, you're not asking for help. You are holding yourself in that. And through being vulnerable, you definitely can get help. And I suppose it is being vulnerable to ask for help. That is being vulnerable. And if the other person doesn't step up to say, of course I'm here to help you. And if the other person, when you're being vulnerable, dismisses how you're feeling or is not there to hold you in that, then that just gives you clear-cut information about that relationship. That's all it does. It takes nothing away from you because you're holding yourself in that. So I hope you understand what I'm talking about. And then another reason that people don't share their vulnerability is they don't feel confident to really open up and share what's going on in their heart. And that might be because that they have suppressed their emotions or they haven't been made to feel or or they've had their emotions dismissed when they were younger or been told to hide their emotions when they were younger. Um, And so or they've been criticised for having emotions or being too sensitive or what have you as a child. So this, again, takes, I think, if you do feel like you're too scared to be vulnerable, then it's really focusing in on that adult part of you, saying to that emotion and that vulnerability, you know, this is warranted, this is okay that you feel this way and you can do some healing around that to then help you to become more vulnerable in your relationships and your life. And we need to, when we can, so hopefully I've debunked a couple of things about vulnerability there because that speaks into the fourth point is to take to take our whole selves everywhere we go 
to normalise being able to go to work and when people say, how was your weekend, you can say it was hard and it was draining and I'm feeling a little depleted. And and you don't need to go into the nitty-gritty. You don't need to tell the details. You don't need to share why. We don't need to change our character. You're still here. You can say, but look at me go. It's Monday and I've, I've come to work. You're still fucking awesome. Just because you're having an emotion, just because you're going through something tough, doesn't take away your worth, who you are, what you're going to offer, your value that you're going to bring. Nothing changes. You're still bringing your whole self with you. Maybe your, your light's a little, a little dim today, but the cool, rad, awesome you, she's still here. You know, so we can start creating uh, more compassionate, open, honest conversations everywhere we go in our relationships. And I know that this is how I lead my relationships. And I will say to you that I have the most beautiful, vulnerable relationships. Everybody is talking to me about how they're feeling. And that's not a mistake. It's because I lead with how I'm feeling and what I'm going through. I don't need to share nitty-gritties, but I can be honest about where I'm at all the time. And if you do have a beautiful, deep, dear friend, you can go a little bit further in depth if you have a beautiful friendship where they hold you in that. And so you don't have time for your emotions, but you might have time to have a little conversation with a girlfriend and let it out. So that's four practical tips. And now I'm going to challenge you on being able to be vulnerable and hold yourself in that. And the first one is that I want to challenge you not to say to your deep, dear friend or, you know, allow the emotion to stay out there without saying, anyway, how's your weekend been? Or anyway, uh, I've got this, 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 this. Don't say anyway. <laughs> Don't say anyway because anyway is abandoning yourself again, dismissing it, suppressing it. Your emotion is allowed to be here. Let her have some space. We're loving her. We're cuddling her. We're giving her her blankie and she gets to come on the, the you know, in, in wherever you go today. This is how we honour our emotions and not suppress them. And we allow ourselves to hold ourselves in it and it's about knowing what we are carrying and hold out, holding ourselves in it. And here is 
Um, my last thing that I want to say about emotions um, is that they don't have a time limit, okay? So you can't go, okay, I'm going to give it an hour. I've got an hour. I'm going to allow myself to cry um, or I'm going to have a bath. I'm going to cry. I'm going to have a shower and I'm going to cry in the shower. But the moment I finish having a shower, that's it. Got to be done. We're constantly thinking about trying to make ourselves better. I'm just going to go for a walk around the block and then I'll be better. Or I'm going to, and that does make you feel better. Of course, you get the blood running and, and you probably get yourself into a different state. But the emotion, the core, the, what's going on for you, it's still present. It's still here. The problem hasn't been processed and worked through you just by going for a walk. You know, and this is why we are so addicted and this is why um, we do lots of self-sabotaging behaviours, scrolling, you know, drinking, all the things. You know what we do, um, which is just another way to suppress the emotions. There is no time limit on having an emotion. And there's nothing that you can do to make it better. There, I mean, of course there are things that you can do to make it better. Um, but it doesn't mean that because I do that thing, I'm going to be feel better now. Like it's going to be resolved. It's going to go away. I'm going to be able to move on. No, it's a process. So let it be a process. Enjoy the pro as much as you can. Enjoy the process. You know, it's like internal weather systems. Like when we get days and days and days and days of rain, we think, when is this rain going to stop? And it always stops. It eventually stops. And that's what we have to do with our emotions. Give your emotions time. Give them the space. The sun eventually comes out. So we're going to be wasting our time, wishing and wanting for it to be over when we can just be with it. And in actual fact, when we're being with it, it, you know... Eventually, it actually moves faster through us when we are with it. So, you don't have time, then just acknowledge it, name it, um, and uh, validate it, hold space for it, and allow it to come with you on your day. Allow it to be present. Allow it to be here. Now we have the self-love bank segment for this week. So did everybody have a chance to leave their phone behind at some point last week? I had a glorious Sunday from about 11.30. I put my phone down and I didn't pick it up again until Monday morning. Oh, my goodness. I created – I made little wontons, um, pork wontons. You know how bloody fiddly they are. Had all the time and space in the world. I hung out with my husband – Hung out with the kids. One of the kids needed some extra tender loving care and I was had all the space and time in the world to 
to give that and then got into bed and read, 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 read instead of scrolling on TikTok. And I must admit, I felt this urge to reach for the phone and scroll on TikTok. So, mm, interesting. So, I've decided that um, this is going to be a daily practice of mine. Every morning and every night. So, half an hour before bed, no phone. And the first half an hour when I wake up, did I say no bed? (laughs) Bed, definitely bed, no phone. So, the first half an hour of... Uh, my day as well there'll be no phone um, because you can't even see like I struggle to even see the phone but yet I still strain and try and carry on with it so today this week's um, self-care activity is to watch a TED talk Um, incorporated into your daily life Um, or maybe not your daily life but Find a TED Talk that inspires you, you know, um, and just opens a door of fresh perspective and knowledge. You know, these talks are always delivered by thought leaders and innovators and visionaries um, from all walks of life with from different experiences. And when they share their wisdom and their unique insights, they allow us to see the world through a different lens. So, um, I have one for you that um, I highly recommend and let me know if you do listen to it, Uh, watch it, should I say. It's called The Language of Being Human. Oh my goodness, it had me in tears and it's a beautiful heart-centred one that I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're a bit that way inclined anyway. So, let me know as well what... uh, um, podcast TED Talks you um, have that have touched you that have changed your life that have changed your view and your perspectives um, about things and that wraps up our second podcast Ah, so to you my dear Friend, as you move forward into your day today and into the rest of your week, be gentle with yourself and allow your emotions to be felt, to be acknowledged, to hold your emotions and to allow them to come with you, to allow them to take up space within you. You are worthy of love and you are not alone. Until next time, take care and remember that you are special, you are unique, you are loved, you are deserving of all the compassion and understanding that you offer the world. So keep nurturing your beautiful soul. Goodbye.